Two weeks ago, I preached on Father's Day. I pre preached basically good father, all right? And uh, I talked about the difference between a father and a son or, or a parent and a child is a father gives it all away. We tied in Moses to Joshua, David to Solomon, how David worked his entire life uh, to basically set up Solomon for success with the temple, right? He worked when he was told he wasn't going to be the one to build the temple. He still worked his entire life to provide the resources and set Solomon up for success, that next generation. We went into the prodigal story and what a good father God is. And when the prodigal returned, he lavished him with these symbolic gifts, right? And then we talked about the spirit of adoption where we can cry out what? Abba. We can cry out Abba through the spirit of adoption. I've been praying that you would experience more and more and greater uh, love in the spirit of adoption with the father. Last week, Corey, he touched on uh, we need you, right? And, and it was about the seven pillars to unite the church. There's a couple quotes I pulled. I, I listened. We listened on our drive back from the airport. And uh, he talked about the fivefold ministries or offices. And then he talked about the different gifts and, and the variety. And I love this quote. He says, unity is expressed through diversity. Unity, the church is unity expressed through diversity. And then he began to say, like, we need you. We need you in the game. We, the church, he, the kingdom, the Lord, needs you in the game. And every believer's in this game, Right? So today, my goal is just to tie this in just a little bit and tie each that he's a good father and he withholds nothing for those who seek him, right? All the way to, to the point of he withholds nothing so that you may be sent, so that you can go in your purpose and in your destiny. So there's this thing that when we're full of Jesus and we're on in that alignment, now we have assignment. So I'm kind of doing like a part two to good father and a part two to Corey's message last week, we need you. So, so I want to first start with a story, Okay. So we took about a 10-day vacation in Florida. We, we have this connection to this house that's very affordable, allows us to do this, and they bless us as a firefighter and pastor, and that's friends of Nick and Tiana, and uh, it's been just a blessing to us for, I think, two years now. And it's this incredible thing. There's nothing around. We had two things that we wanted to do as a family, putt-putt golf and rent a boat for one day. Putt-putt golf was one hour away. If you vacationed in Florida, you're like, there's usually putt-putt on every corner and a surf style or some type of um, uh, <laughs> souvenir shop on every corner. We had to drive 40 minutes for the closest souvenir shop or 30 minutes. So, like, this is the place we're at, and we love it. We love it. It's a neighborhood. We love it. It's a 10-minute drive to the beach. But that's the only two things we want to do. We wanted to rent a boat, and we did it last year. And we, I, if you know anything about me, I search things out. I will spend hours searching for what to do in an area. Where are the restaurants? If you've traveled with me, you know this. You know that sometimes I will deter my entire travel plans around where we might eat or what fun thing we might find. I love it. I love hunting. I love the hunt. So first time we rented a boat, I found this place called Don Pedro Island. I mapped out how to get there by boat, what it is, the course. I had the navigation route, and I'm like, I'm, I'm all in, right? And I discovered that that's one of the top places to find shark's teeth. So last year, we went there. I dropped them off. There was this dock. I dropped the entire family off. They went to the beach, and I took the boat back out, and I fished for hours. This has a purpose, okay? So I fished for hours, caught a couple fish. I love fishing. I love surf fishing. I love freshwater fishing, saltwater fishing. I love, I love fishing. It is, it's the thing I can do in the summer because I'm not allowed to hunt in Ohio in the summer. So I fish. So I love fly fishing. I tried that in the Bahamas for bone fly fishing. Didn't catch a thing, but still had an amazing time. So we go back this year to Don Pedro Island. We rent the boat. We have it for eight hours. 
Um, it's expensive for us. It's very expensive, like 400 bucks for a whole day. We're like, we're going to capitalize. We get there at 758. We can rent it at eight. We're like, okay, now it's, we have it till four. We can do this, right? And we're going to go here, here, and here. There's two places we want to go on the boat. The sandbar where we just go, we, we anchor out, and we just hang out. It's fun. And then Don Pedro Island. So we get there, and we're gonna, I'm going to do the same plan. I'm going to drop them off. I'm going to fish a little bit. So we go, and a lot of times a couple of the girls like to fish. So we'll fish a little, then we're going to Don Pedro. So we fish. Olivia catches two fish. I'm like, okay, let's go to the dock. We're driving the boat to the dock at Don, be on the backside of the state park called Don Pedro. And we get there. I start looking, and it looks a little funny. I'm like, huh, that looks odd. And the closer I get, I was like, that's yellow caution tape. Wait. The actual docks are gone. What's happening? Only the pillars were there. Hurricane Ian had come in and destroyed the entire thing. So we get there, and Don Pedro Island is a no-go. So we circle around. I'm, I'm kind of just taking the boat to make sure I don't get too shallow, and we call the marina. We're like, Gasparilla Marina. I was like, where else can we go? And they're like, well, there's this beach, this beach. You can anchor here. I was like, okay, I think I know where the one you're talking about. Now, I'm a planner. I'm on a boat. I have... I have rented a boat in the ocean before, and I have hit a sandbar at full speed with the unit down. And little Eli went flying in that boat. It wasn't a pleasant experience, so I'm very careful. I'm like, all right, I'll try to get there. I was like, okay, it's by the sandbar we go to, so we'll go there, we'll look, and see if we can find it. So we're approaching, and, and we get there, and I'll show you a picture. This is, this is the beach. So this is where we're headed to. I'm like, okay, I think it looks safe. I'm running four to seven feet of water. I think we're good. Um, we should be able to get it up there. There it is. And we approach, and there it is. There's a boat there. Looks good. I'm like, okay, I think we can do this. So I stay far enough out. I anchor, and we have a blast. The water's super clear. We get there. This is awesome. Um, the next picture uh, is us driving there. We're having a lot of fun, all smiles. And we get there. And then, all of a sudden, we're in the ocean. It's a straight drop down to like 12 feet in that little spot. And a manatee swims by. So this next picture, the girls are literally swimming with a manatee. Nicole's, I think, the furthest one in the back. I don't know if she was scared or what. I don't know what's happening there. But that front little dark spot, about 10 feet in front of who I think might be Evelyn in that picture, or Chloe, is a manatee. It's right there. They get the GoPro. I toss them the GoPro. They're filming it. It's so fun. So then the girls all come back. We have, we're eating lunch or snacks and, and, and just enjoying this, this moment, snorkeling. I'm trying to catch fish. I didn't catch any fish that day. Only Olivia did. So it's kind of a story here, isn't it? The theme. Aaron goes fishing, doesn't catch fish. Aaron goes hunting, doesn't get much, but the girls do. So anyway, it's fun. Nick can relate to that. So it's... So Nicole and I decide to go on a walk. This story's going somewhere. The message is called Shark's Teeth. So Nicole and I, we, she comes back. She walks to the other side, which is just the open beach to the ocean. She comes back. I was like, you want to take a walk? She's like, yeah. I was like, isn't this amazing? Isn't this awesome? Isn't this lovely? Isn't this just a kiss from heaven? This is awesome. I feel like the Lord's redeeming things, and we couldn't go to Don Pedro, but here we're on the very tip of it in a different spot, and we got to swim with a manatee, and I'm going, and then she says, and we're walking. She's like, the only thing is, we didn't find any shark's teeth. I just wish we could find a shark's tooth. That's really, that was on my bucket list for vacation. And I was like, huh, yeah. I look down, and I find the most spectacular shark's tooth ever. 
it's right here. There it is. Perfect shape, different color. And I was like, the moment, she didn't even get the full sentence out of her mouth almost. And I reached down, and there's a shark's tooth. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And, and then um, I think we have one more picture. As we left, I just took a picture of the girls. And this became their new favorite place. This replaced Don Pedro Island tenfold. It was so fun. We ended up finding more shark's teeth, shells, anything you, you can name it, we found it. We go to the sandbar, had a, had a lovely day. So the, the point is, there's things, and where I'm going at is, the shark's teeth, we weren't finding them because we weren't looking for them, even though they were there. When you start looking for something, you start searching for something, you start finding it. You too, I don't think they know what they're talking about because they sing a song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Or you're looking for the wrong things. If you've noticed, when you go car shopping and you start to look at a certain car, all of a sudden you start seeing it everywhere. Or you buy that shirt, now you start seeing other people wear that shirt, right? Because now your focus is on it. And I want to go to scripture here because there's a scripture context that's, I believe what we seek for, we find. If we're seeking the Lord, we're going to find the Lord. If we're seeking things of the world, we're going to find them. If we're seeking shark's teeth, we're going to find shark's teeth. And let me just tell you, throughout the week, we're like, well, if they're there, maybe they're at the other parts of the beaches we go to. A hundred or more shark's teeth that we found. Because we started having an eye for the black speck, the shiny black speck, and we just started searching for them, and we found them, and we had went to that beach every day last year and never found any because we didn't think they were there because we weren't looking for them. Now we started looking for them, and we found them. And Olivia, she found this shark's tooth that's this big. It's crazy. I'd love to see that shark. Not, not necessarily like up close, but from a distance. So turn with me to this scripture. It's in 1 Chronicles 28, 9 through 11. This is David's charge to Solomon. It says this, verse 9, and I'm reading ESV today. And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. Now here's the thing. He's charging Solomon with this priority in his life before he's commissioning him to the purpose of the temple. And here's what it says. He says, if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. There's this charge that David's saying, now listen, Solomon, I, I've given my life. The, the Lord told me that you're the one to build the temple. It wasn't me. I, I, I'm good with a crown. I was good with a bow. I was good with a slingshot. I was good with a sword, right? But I'm not good with a hammer. The Lord's giving me the blueprint, though, and now you're going to build it. And re Corey was referencing that, that, that what an apostolic leader is. Give them the blueprints they're going to build. And he's saying, Solomon, this, this is your opportunity. He says, if you seek the Lord, you're going to find him. But if you don't, man, bad news for you. And then he goes on to say this. Be careful now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. So the first thing is seek the Lord. The next thing is now go build. Be strong and do it because he's with you, right? One of the, the verses on Father's Day was be strong and courageous, right? The Lord doesn't leave you or forsake you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous because he's with you. So then we get into this final verse, verse 11. It says, then David gave Solomon, his son, the plan of the vestibule of the temple and of its houses, its treasuries, its upper rooms, and its inner chambers and the room for the mercy seat. And it goes on and on and on to all the plans that David gave Solomon. 
See, there's this charge of, of, of a good father, and there's this charge to seek him out, and there's this charge as we seek him, and we're in that alignment of putting him first, all of a sudden, now we get this assignment to build, to go, to make disciples, to fulfill God's purpose and calling in our life, our anointing, right? But it starts with the seeking. It starts with putting Jesus first, because if there's something out of alignment, it's going to fall apart. If we're not seeking him first, now, now there's a lot of things that we do. Fishing's good. But if I put fishing before the Lord, now it's an idol. There's nothing wrong with fishing or hunting or many of the things that we all do, working out, fitness, all of this stuff is great. But if it takes precedence over the Lord, we're seeking ourselves or we're seeking that thing, and then all of a sudden things get out of alignment and it actually affects our assignment. Let me move on to another verse here, Matthew 7, 7 through 12. Matthew 5 through 7 is worthy of reading. This is the Sermon on the Mount. 30 years of preparation, 30 years of sonship. Now Jesus is commissioned to, to, to the works of the ministry. He's commissioned to teaching. He's commissioned to healing the sick. And he hadn't done anything for 30 years was alignment for three years of assignment before the ultimate task to redeem us and reconcile us back to the Father through the cross and resurrection. So, so here's the deal. He says this, though. Matthew 7, 7 through 12. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, what? Finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you is, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Again, a good father. If you're asking the Lord for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. Or if you ask for a fish, will he give you a serpent? If then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. I, I know how to give good gifts. That's one of my love languages is to give. I don't necessarily like to receive a lot. Occasionally, I told Nicole, I was like, I was like you haven't got me a gift for a long time. I, like, it's been a couple of years since you've got me a random gift. I think I need a random gift from you. So it's communication in marriage, right? I, it's not high on my list, but if it's been a while, I need it occasionally to feel loved. But I love giving gifts. I love surprising Nicole. I love taking her to new places. I, I, I love these things. On Father's Day, I think I shared this with you, I give all of my children a $25 Amazon card just so they can just do whatever with. And I love that. And then last night, I was like, okay, what all did you guys get? Did it come yet? What, did you, what was it? And they're all telling me what all they got. Chloe, she's saving hers. For she doesn't know what yet. But the other three, they spent. It's gone. 25 I love giving these gifts, but here's then, it, it says this. It says, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who what? Ask him. There's scripture context that basically says you have not because you ask not. Like, it's just that seeking, that searching, that asking. So, so some practical things. How do we seek? How do, how do we pursue the Lord? How, how does this work? First off, put him first. It's, it's not that hard. I, I'm challenged with this. There are many times, even when a challenge comes up, I'm calling Nicole before I'm actually calling the Lord. There's times when, when good things happen, I'm wanting to call Nicole and tell her about this amazing thing that happened, and I've not yet even had that moment to thank the Lord. It's that time when I wake up, I, I'm, I'm pretty faithful, pretty faithful to the gym most of the time. But have I prayed? Have I worshiped him? Am I seeking him in that diligence, in that discipline, in that same way? Or do I care more about myself? Do I care more about, you know, it, it, it's this thing. So, so I'm going to read a scripture in a moment. Matthew 6, puts it in perspective. 
But you got to think, like, like he wants no other God before him. And the Ten Commandments is put him first. Put no other idols, nothing else ahead of him. And then he summarizes it when they're trying to trick him and they're asking Jesus the question, what's the greatest commandment? It's what? To love the Lord God with all of your heart, soul, mind, strength, everything you got, and love your neighbors yourself. Put him first. So what's that look like? It looks like desiring him, your time, your talent, your treasure. Seek him above everything else. It's, it's, it's pretty great when you, when you realize this. If you think about the Magi or the wise men, they sought out a king and they found a king. They, it took time. By the time they found him, many say like he was a toddler. It took this time to follow the stars, to use their talents, their education, their wisdom that God, the Lord had given them to find him. And when they found him, they poured out treasures to him. Gold, frankincense, myrrh. They went on this journey. It's this depiction of this time, talent, and treasure, but yet they sought out a king and found a king. I want to be like a wise man, and I want to seek out. He wants to be sought after. Like you, he wants to be wanted. Like you, he wants to be loved. He wants to be put first. He's a jealous God, and he wants no other gods, idols, things, stuff, promotions above him. I remember when I was going through a promotional process, I would study for four, six, eight hours every day. That's conviction right there. I don't know if I've ever done that with the Lord. And during that process, I'm like, Lord, you give this to me. I'm going to do that for you. I, I will study. I will, I, will, I will pursue you four hours a day like I have this. And I'll be honest, I've fallen short most of the time, probably all the time. I, can, I know friends, friends that will soak for four hours in prayer and worship every morning for four hours every day. Gosh, I don't have that time. Well, we say we don't have that time. You have 24 hours in a day. What's a tenth of your time? It's 2.4 hours. We'll have no problem watching TV for that time. Or like when Nicole challenged us, my screen time was like four hours a day. Some of you are like, that's all? And some of you are like, well, that's a lot. Depends where you fall on that. Four hours a day on this, but I say I don't have time to even give God a tenth of my time. Am I really seeking him? And, and sometimes the capacity is like we're, we're doing dishes. We're, we're fixing things in the house. There's times I won't, but maybe God would cherish my 10 minutes that I do have is even if it's not the four hours. Amen. It's the concept of just seeking him first before all this other stuff. Before this all other, man, let, let, let me carry on. Whatever we seek, we're going to find. If you're seeking Jesus, you're going to find peace. You're going to find hope. The things that we long for, the things that will go to the ends of the earth to try to put in us fulfillment, joy, these things. But let me, guess, let me just tell you this. You're going to find the spouse that you long for. You're going to find the everlasting joy that you long for. You're going to find the hope and the prince of peace. You're going to find eternal life when you're seeking the Lord. But if we're seeking the world first, we're going to find the fruits of the world. Depression, fear. Every opposite thing that's in heaven, every opposite thing that's the kingdom, if we're seeking the world or the fleshly things first and foremost, that's the fruit that we're going to put in our hearts and receive. The band can come up. The Lord, he wants to be sought after. He wants to be wanted. Just the same as when Jesus was a baby in a manger. He wants to be found. I want to be a wise man. I want to find him today. Let me share another story with you. Boat story last year. I like these shirts. They're SPF 50. When I fish in Florida or anywhere 
closer to the equator, I like to fish in these shirts because you get so sunburnt so fast, I don't have time to reapply sunscreen and I can't reach my back because I'm usually going out by myself. So I buy these and I bought, I bought one in Florida that first time we rented a boat. I bought one and it was, had the Florida flag shape and things on it and I was like, this is awesome. And I, it was like a favorite thing that I bought. It would be kind of like my souvenir, but it was practical because I had forgot my sun shirt that I had. So I buy it, we go on the boat, we get off the boat, nowhere to be found. I left it on the boat. I called the marina, could you please look in the boat and see if this shirt's on now? I'm pretty certain it is. I tore open my cooler bag, we tore open all of our beach bags, tore open my, my uh, fishing bag, everything that I had, nowhere to be found. So I go back this year and I buy this one at the marina. It's pretty cool. You hadn't seen the back yet. And then I'm like, well, one's good, but two's better. So I bought this one. I was like, that's cool. And it's the marine, a different marina that I go to get bait. I'm like, well, sometimes this is dirty and it's nasty and we can't always wash them. So two's nice because they start to stink. It's salt water and grossness and sweat. So I bought two. So I'm packing for our anniversary trip last week. And I, I'm, I'm trying to find a swimsuit and... Uh, we have a pool, so I open up cabinets where I keep just some swimsuits for at home. And I, the first is sticking out is this white shirt. And I pull it out thinking it's this one. And it's crazy. It's the one I bought a year ago. I'm telling you, we had looked everywhere for this thing. The whole entire family helped me. I, we look in every bag, every book bag, at, like we canvassed everything. And I was so hurt and upset. I went back, they didn't have my size. And it was like this thing like, oh man. Now that's not the worst thing that's happened to me in life, okay? It's all in perspective here. But it's one of those things like, I feel like today that the Lord is redeeming things. I feel like he's redeeming things, but he wants to be sought after. So now I have three, <laughs> probably only need one. But I believe he's restoring things. And if you remember, Brittany shared a couple weeks ago, maybe even a month or two ago, there was a charm that she had lost. I think almost two years it was gone. She, we, we, again, we had everybody look through the church, Leah, everybody, no one found it. And all of a sudden, one day she comes in the church and it's on the welcome desk, right? The info bar. It's just there, sitting there. Now, Matthew 6.33, it actually reads this, and Jesus kind of expresses this seeking thing like this. He says, but first, seek the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God first, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. If you've ever taken computer programming, it's these if-then statements. And, and I'm just saying, like, if you seek God first, all these things are added unto you. If you seek first God, the alignment comes and then our assignment flows from that. If you seek first God and, and his things and the righteous things and the heavenly things, all of a sudden we receive things that are beyond a material item. And nowhere am I trying to be braggadocious or anything about the trips we're taking. These things are just little things of my heart. Like it's kind of like that turkey story I shared. It was just a thing in my heart. They really don't mean it. It's not because of the material thing. It's, it's the symbolism. Nicole, she just wanted to find a shark's tooth. We, we're not ungrateful that we were there and still having a moment. She simply just say, yeah, but I do miss finding the shark's teeth. 
It wasn't like, oh, I'm miserable now because I didn't find a shark suit. And all of a sudden, the Lord's just like, here, here it is. And I held it up to her. I was like, look, the Lord's redeeming things. Brittany showed that as a sign a few couple months ago. Like, the Lord is redeeming things. He's finding things that were lost. He's letting you discover new and better things. He's replacing things that were lost and gone and forgot about with even better things and upgrades. We didn't get to Don Pedro State Park, but we got to a better place and swam with a freaking manatee. Sorry for saying that word, but it was awesome. We're not allowed to say that word in my house. Will you stand with me? David, he was an interesting guy. I've referenced him a lot in the last couple weeks of my preaching. Nicole referenced him today as a man after God's heart but he longed for this pure heart. David was a murderer. David was an adulterer. He slept with somebody's wife who was off at war when he as a king should have been off at war. Not the perfect guy, but his heart was just this crazy heart. So he's fleeing for his life. He's got his whole family on this journey fleeing from, from the king that wants to kill him because he's jealous of him because he knows David is the next king. And his son's friends with him, and, and his son's trying to, like, help him out and, and help protect him. So now he's fleeing for his life. And he's kind of in this cave season, this, this literally a survival season. And here's what he writes in Psalm 27.4. One thing I have asked the Lord. Now, now think about this. He's running from, for his life. He's got his family with him now, and they are running for their lives. They're literally going to be murdered. He says, this one thing I've asked the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and that I may meditate or inquire in his temple. Think about that. The one thing I ask, the one thing I seek, isn't more stuff, it isn't even safety, it isn't, he's like basically saying, Lord, let your will be done, but this one thing I want, I want to be in your house, I want to gaze on your beauty, and I want to meditate only on you, I want to seek after that, because if I have that, I have everything, if you remember my story from Dominican Republic, this lady smiling, I said, you know, basically I'm asking, how can you be smiling when you're living in this condition, and she says, why wouldn't I be smiling when I have Jesus, I have everything, I felt this small when I've been having those bad days, when I've been digging out a septic tank or my truck just totally went down, done. It's, she gone, as they might say, she gone. Those days, it's just like, man, a few of them were just like a few days apart. I'm like, man, what else? I just remember back to that lady with a dirt floor, possibly no sanitation, and saying, man, if I have Jesus, I have everything. This one thing David seeks for, this one thing he asks the Lord for, that he may dwell in his house forever, that he may gaze and fix his eyes on his beauty, and that he may meditate him in his temple, on him in his temple. I want this today to be an invitation for you that, that there is a shark's tooth waiting for you to discover. There's that, that shirt waiting to be found. We're just not looking for it. 
there's that peace that the Lord wants you to have. There's that hope. There's that assignment like Corey talked about last week that he wants you to walk in. There's that purity that Nicole talked about today that he wants you to walk in. There's that righteousness that's a gift to you to walk in. He just wants to be sought after. He just wants to be first in your life. He just wants to be loved before other things. Stuff isn't the issue. It's the love of stuff. Money isn't the issue. It's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. The money itself is actually a kingdom tool to spread the gospel, to get issue one passed. These monies are seeds that are sown to spread the gospel into all the earth and the world, right? But money can also be used for evil. But the love of money is the roots of all kinds of evil. It's not the issue. There's all these things that aren't the issue. It's the heart that's the issue because we're putting that stuff and we're putting ourselves and our flesh before the things of the Lord. So I want to lead you in a prayer because I feel that the Lord is restoring things. And then we're just going to open the altar one more time. We're going to open the aisles. We're going to open this up because he wants to be sought after. Like the wise men, he wants to be sought after. He wants to be found. He wants, he wants your gifts. He wants your time. He wants your treasure. He wants your talents. But he wants to be first. That's it. Mary and Martha, they're in the house, right? There's a story in the Bible and, and one's serving and, 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 and we have this thing where, and, and then one gets jealous and, and she's like, but I'm doing, you know, Mary's at his feet, right? Martha's doing all the work. She's serving, she's getting the meal ready. She's doing all this stuff. And you know what Jesus did? He didn't condemn Martha for working, but he just wanted to be worshiped first. What she was doing wasn't wrong. It was only wrong because she didn't fall and worship first. Serving is good. Answering the call, being in the game is good, right? We just gotta put him first because if it's out of my heart, my faith, my doing, my being, it means nothing. But when it's from God and it's his spirit that's coming out and it's just the overflow of him and his love, now it changes everything. Let me pray for you. Lord, put us a heart that seeks you. Pause that prayer. Man, Kira, Kira's here. She, she got baptized a few weeks ago, a couple months ago. She simply prayed this prayer. God, I want your heart. Give me your heart. And she began to seek the Lord, and her entire life was transformed over the next year or so. After that simple seeking style prayer of God, give me your heart. I want to challenge us today to ask for his heart. And I'm so in this boat with you. I'm so in this realm with you that I want to put him first. That I want to seek him first before anything else. That I'm convicted. That there is conviction. I feel there's conviction in his house right now for putting things above the Lord. That we've been sleeping around with other things. That Lord. The woman caught in adultery. She wasn't condemned. She wasn't sent to hell. Jesus simply says, look, catch my eyes. And he, he says, he who is out sin, cast the first stone, right? And he digs in her dirt and he gets in her mess. He catches her eyes. He says, go, sin no more. The issue, oh man, the issue was that basically, oh, there's this thing to where we sleep around with other things and God's not first. He's a bride. We're the bride. He's the groom. He wants us to put him first. That's a whole other message. But the deal is this. We've been sleeping around and putting this other stuff and even our worries put an idol above God. Even our fears put an idol above God because our faith is in that media. Our faith is in that political party. Our faith is in something other than Jesus when he alone is the answer. And if we're seeking him first, he'll give us the eyes for the other side. 
He'll give us the eyes for that political party. He'll give us the eyes even for those people we disagree with because we're seeking him first. And all of a sudden, we're at this heavenly realm to uh, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. What are all these things? Let me just tell you, it's not a boat rental day. It's not, it's not just a, a, a vacation. It's not a promotion. It's not that new house. It's not a car. It's not a truck that actually runs. It might be, but it's all these things. When you're talking heavenly realm and the God who created the universe, what are all these things? What are the things that are really in your heart? The thing that's most in my heart is that I will end my days serving the Lord and putting him first and that my kids will know him. My grandkids will know him because I know he is the answer to peace, to joy, to hope, to purpose, to fulfillment in life. He alone is the answer to all of that, not stuff. Like the song says, mo money, mo problems. I just said that in a serious moment. I'm sorry for that, but it's there. It's true. We seek after these things in an earthly realm, in a fleshly realm. And God never intended for that to be the thing. And as we're seeking after that, we're leaving people in the dust who have needs and we're not even fulfilling their needs because we're seeking our own stuff. Luke 15 talks about the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the prodigal that we referenced a couple weeks ago. I gotta stop. The shark's teeth, the shirts, the things of your heart, he wants to fulfill those, but he wants to be sought after. The coin, man, you had, you had nine, but one, one lost. He celebrates that coin. He's talking to the Pharisees. There's this moment, and he's communicating them. The 99 sheep, but one's lost. So who do you go after? The one that's lost. And it's this, this story, right? He says, you seek after them. The prodigal and, and the brother in the story, but it's about a good father. I want to pray for you that we have the desire in our hearts like Kira did to say, I want your heart. I want clean hands and a pure heart. I want to put you first. I want to put you first in my life, my time, my heart, my thoughts, my drive. <laughs> oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your word today. Lord, let us, let us have the boldness to ask for your heart. Lord, give us the capacity to seek you first. Let us seek you first in your righteousness. Not to get something, not to just, just this thing to where we get stuff, but Lord, let us seek you first just because that's our heart. This one thing we ask like David, this one thing to dwell in your house forever, to fix our eyes and our gaze on you and your beauty and to meditate on you and your temple, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This, this altar is open. If you want to seek him and you want to find him, I'm telling you, whatever you seek, you'll find. Whatever you seek, you'll find. If you're seeking the Lord, you're going to find the things of the Lord. If you're seeking the world, you're going to find the things of the world. That's going to be the fruit. I want to seek the Lord. I want to seek him. I want to know him. I want to know about him. I want to know him. I want to know him personally. I want to know him intimately. I want him to be the first conversation I have when something good or bad happens. I don't want to, I don't want to rely and be codependent on my wife or anybody else. I don't want to have this bad day at work and I'm calling Nicole to complain. First off, she doesn't need that. She's got enough to worry about, right? Quite honestly, I just need to man up and, and be with the Lord. 
Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let us seek you. We thank you for the heart's fulfillment, God. We thank you for the alignment, for the assignment you're calling us to and called us to. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your kisses. We thank you for your beauty. We thank you for those moments like, like finding shark's teeth just to, just to just to give us something that was lost. He's renewing things right now. He's renewing things in your spirit. He's renewing, he's refreshing you. He's giving, he's, he's revitalizing some dreams that you have. Even things that you've prayed for that you've even stopped praying for because it's just so far long gone. He's, he's renewing those. He's bringing fulfillment to those. So Lord, as we seek you, Lord, we pray, Lord, and we ask for, for the reconciliation. We ask, Lord, that you are, are bringing things back to life. Thank you, Jesus. You're restoring things, God. You're restoring things. The worship band's gonna take it from here, but may his face shine upon you. May he bless you. May he keep you. The altar's open. You can seek him. They'll be here for a while. Just put him first. Maybe as you go in your week, as you go into July here, and as we even focus on the freedoms of July 4th, Let's put him first. His freedom is above any freedom on this planet. Bless you guys.